What's better than low money down? No money down. Now through Rent to Retirement, you can buy a brand new construction turnkey rental property for no money down. Wait, hold on. This can't be right. I need to double check with Zach, Rent to Retirement CEO. Oh, hey, Rob. Zach, how the heck are you selling turnkey rental properties for $0 down? <laughs> it's not that complicated, Rob. Rent to Retirement has new construction properties up to $20,000 below retail prices. We also have investor loans with rates as low as 3.99% and down payment options as low as 5% or sometimes even zero money down. You get all the cash flow, appreciation, and equity for as little as zero money down. That's an infinite return. Oh, wait, wait. Let me get on this before we tell it to the whole Bigger Pockets audience. Just head to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. That's REI to 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing with no money down today. Get your next new construction property at a steep discount or invest with no money down. Head to rentoretirement.com today. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light doc and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast bonus episode. Do you have a favorite Brazilian jiu-jitsu move? And would you, de- would you demonstrate it? Already hate on Rob. Oh, on me. Oh, God. Right here. All right. Don't hurt me. But Let's see it. Whatever you got to do. It, what you is know, the I just move? threw it on my back. This is not planned, by the way. It sounds they, like they it. Had I had no, no idea, idea this was, was coming. But I am a good sport and I have to do it. <laughs> What's going on, everyone? This is David Green, your host of the Bigger Pockets OG Real Estate Podcast. Here today with a bonus episode for you. If you attended BPCon 22 in San Diego, you saw that we recorded a live podcast from the stage. 
It was kind of a cool format. We brought in every different Bigger Pockets podcast to do something unique and special. And Rob and I were up there as well. Now, well, if you didn't attend BPCon, you can get a chance to listen and see and hear what we did. So, for instance, many of you saw on Instagram that I was teaching Brandon Jiu-Jitsu, and there are pictures of me straddling him on his front lawn. Well, I didn't want Rob to be left out, so Rob got his own experience with the green straddle at the show, and if you watch this on YouTube, you can see it yourself. Rob, first question, have you recovered from the psychological trauma of that event? No. No, I haven't even told my wife. How could I, you know? How could I? It was too, too much trauma for me in 10 seconds, but my arm finally starting to feel a little better. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's back in its socket, which is great. It might be a little awkward when I meet your wife for the first time after that experience. I really didn't think about that when we were going through with it. Yeah, she, she saw the ins- all the Instagrams. A lot of people like tag me, and she's like, um, what happened? And I was like, I need therapy. <laughs> I can't. I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Well, Rob is okay, and we had a blast recording that episode with a little cameo from Brandon Turner, my best friend and the former host of this podcast. We also want to give a special thanks to one of our platinum event sponsors at BPCon, Rent to Retirement, for their huge contribution to BPCon 2022 and making it the best conference it could possibly be. They sponsored us. Uh, they made the thing possible. Thank you very much, Rent to Retirement, for what you did. Rob, what would you like people to know about this upcoming episode? Oh, man, you get it. This is legitimately like a variety show of real estate. You're getting like Shark Tank. You're getting a, a live rookie reply. You're getting witty banter of uh, me, you, and Brandon Turner. There's so many goodies in this episode. So definitely stick around to the end because it, it gets pretty uh, pretty off the rails there. Uh, but yeah, that, that could be my favorite episode that we have never done because it was only... Just a preview, you know, just a little snippet of, of, of us. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, you actually get martial arts from both me and Rob. If you watch us on YouTube, you will get to see Rob practicing his own unique uh, study of martial arts that involves home decor combined with uh, intense karate chopping. You don't want to miss it. I promise you, you've never seen anything like it. One last thing before we get to today's show, do me a favor and go to uh, Apple, to Stitcher, to Spotify, wherever you're listening to shows and give us a five-star review. Uh, We would really, really appreciate that. It helps quite a bit for keeping the show higher in the rankings, even though we're the biggest real estate show that's out there. We need your reviews to be able to stay in that point so more people can hear about the podcast and we can continue to bring it to you for free. So please help us out with that. And without any further ado, let's get to the show. Everyone is wondering where the real estate market is headed. Well, how about a better question? How do I make money in any market cycle? As times change, the fundamentals of real estate investing don't. The secret to success for rental property investors is simple. Keep buying cash-flowing rentals. And Rent to Retirement can help. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased, and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. They have single-family, multi-family, new-build, and syndication opportunities across multiple markets. They even have bird deals with immediate equity. They'll help you build a business plan with the best investment and tax strategies so you can achieve financial freedom faster. There's no excuse not to get started in real estate investing when you have the right team and systems in place. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or call 800-311-6781. That's 800-311-6781 to learn more about how you can get started investing in some of the best cash flow markets today. 
please welcome Tony Robinson and Ashley Kerr from the Real Estate Working Show. Who here met somebody new? All right. Who here met somebody that they didn't know and they never want to meet them? No, I'm kidding. You know, <laughs> but that, that's the that's the cool part about coming to events like this. Obviously, the content is always fun, but the people that you're sitting next to, the conversations you have late at night at the bar, uh, those are the kind of things that might change your life. So we're, we're always excited to uh, to hear those stories and uh, encourage that networking aspect. Cool. So we have a couple of announcements we want to make real quick before we get into it. Uh, first off, we have something really new and exciting coming to the Real Estate Rookie podcast, and that is we are actually going to be doing a mentorship on the podcast. So we are giving you guys first grabs at this. So if you are interested in being mentored on the show. We're gonna record um, all the content so we can share it with everyone. Uh, make sure you send a DM to Bigger Pockets, and you're going to put the word mentor in it. And we're gonna choose somebody to come on the show where we mentor them over, um, I think it's 90 days mm -hmm. we're doing it. So we're really excited about this. We actually just find out that we got final approval to do this. So <laughs> um, if you guys wanna be involved, make sure you send a, a DM to Bigger Pockets and say mentor. Yeah, it's going to be a really, really fun thing. You know, we've been talking more internally about how can we make uh, the show a little bit more tactical and also have a, a bigger impact on our audience. And we thought, what better way than picking a rookie and walking with them for 90 days on, on starting and scaling that business? So again, if you want to join, DM the word mentor to the Bigger Pockets Instagram. And if you don't have an Instagram, create an Instagram, follow Bigger Pockets, and then DM the word Instagram. Cool. You guys ready for some questions? Oh, come on. Are you guys ready for some questions? Can you read that far? I actually can't okay. read that far, so I'm going to have to stand up because <laughs> that little screen is small. Okay, so this question it says, uh, from Wisconsin, new to the group, and I'm excited about reading all these different scenarios. My friend and I have partnered together and obtained a full gut property, and we'll decide at the end either to flip it or to bury it. So the question is, the property is under his name uh, only, and we're thinking of purchasing a duplex as an owner occupied under my name. Do we look to do an LLC or keep it separate like we are? So the question is LLCs or kind of keeping things separate with one person's name on the other. So what are your, what are your thoughts, Ash? I think if you're going to partner with someone, you either do a joint venture or you do an LLC. You give yourself some type of protection. You don't go and just put both of your personal names on that property. So in this instance right here, so if the property is already under his name only and they wanna go and purchase a duplex as owner occupied under his name, the way that you can do it is do a joint venture agreement in this scenario. So him as himself will have the LLC that he will put you actually, you should explain this better because that is actually actually what you do. Yeah, so we, we've done it both ways. We've done joint ventures and we've done LLCs. Um, if we do an LLC with someone, it's typically because we plan to do multiple deals with them. Um, but if it's but just like- But do it in their personal name, like they have the mortgage in their right. personal name. Yeah, so they'll so like our partner will have the mortgage in their name, but we'll still have the LLC that, that kind of binds us all together. Or we'll do it with, with a joint venture agreement. And we use that if, only for doing like a one-off deal with someone. And the JV agreement is like Tony's LLC, this other person's LLC, and it outlines all the stipulations of that partnership and the agreement and what happens if you know we need to sell or if we need to do these other things. So it, it gives all the guidelines of what that partnership looks like. 
Yeah, so you just have to be careful that if you are going for that financing, if you want that primary residence financing or your that owner-occupied financing, you want that 30-year fixed um, with a lower interest rate than if it was an investment property, you most of the time will have to put it into your personal name. I have found one bank that would let you put it into an LLC. So if you are partnering with someone, look at doing a joint venture agreement where it's not just you and their personal names on the deed. You're actually doing the joint venture and making some kind of agreement together so that there's some kind of, um, you know, operation in place and make sure you're going through everything. So if anybody was at our partnership uh, presentation yesterday, you would already know the answer to this question, but going through and kind of looking at, okay, what's the exit strategies, not just how we're structuring the deal now, but what we're going to be doing in the future too, what happens, all these what-if scenarios too. Yeah, just like a, a quick tip, something we put in all of our JV agreements is we have a default sale date of five years after the property closes. So if for whatever reason, either person doesn't want to renew, the default option is to sell the property. And we put that in there because it's like, you know, you, you want to date a little bit before you really get married to someone. So we figured, okay, if we get into this one deal, we can ride it out for a few years. If the partnership doesn't work out, there's no back and forth around what do we do with the property. The, the contract we all signed says we're going to sell it in five years. So just a kind of a quick and easy way to keep things easy on the exit. And as your net worth grows and you have a lot of personal assets, I would highly recommend that you do not put property in your personal name, especially if you're partnering on it, because it does expose you to a lot of liability. You can put umbrella insurance on the property, which gives you some layer of protection, but you want to protect your assets. And the reason that a lot of people get LLCs is because they have a high net worth or they have assets, and that way people can't go over them as long as they're abiding by you know, keeping proper books and everything for an LLC um, penetrating that corporate veil. So... I would say that if you are doing a partnership, look into doing an LLC, and it's probably worth getting that you know, commercial financing on the property to have that layer of protection than putting it into an, a, your personal name. One of our best episodes was that asset protection episode. I don't remember which episode number it was, but if you guys want to like get into the weeds about asset protection, we had them on for two episodes, I yeah. think, and both of them are like some of our best performing episodes, and it scared the crap out of me because it made me feel like I was doing everything wrong. So uh, definitely go check that episode out if you guys want more about asset protection. And we will add it to the show notes of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm surprised you don't remember it because we reference it all, all the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Next question. All right, so I'm in the process of selling a house that I own 50-50 with a partner. Is it possible to 1031 just my 50% of it? My partner's pretty sure she doesn't want to 1031 her half. So I've only done one 1031. How many have you done? I've never done one, but okay. I've done some for another investor. Yeah, so in our 1031 that we did, um, it, we each had to get our own uh, account set up with the 1031 intermediate. So uh, first, let me take a step back. So what is 1031 for those that don't know? So when you sell a property, um, typically you have to pay taxes on those gains. But if you use what's called a 1031 exchange, you can move those proceeds into another property tax-free. Okay, so it allows you to take all of your profits without paying any taxes. You, you can roll it into another property. Um, great way to, to build wealth in real estate. So we sold the property uh, last summer, and we 1031 those funds into another property. I own 50% of that house. My partner owned 50% of that house. And when we went to set up the 1031, both of us had to create accounts with that 1031 intermediary um, in order to move those funds into the next account. So 
I'm not 100% sure, but I'm 99% sure that if you wanted to move just your 50% funds, you would be able to. They could take theirs, you know, and get it taxed and do whatever they want with their 50%. You you can't do that, actually. You guys bought another property together with it? We did buy another yeah, property together. You have to keep the same ownership when you do the 1031 exchange. Hmm. So even though you're setting up those separate accounts, you have to keep the same ownership when you do the 1031 exchange into the new property, and it has to be a like-kind property, hence... 1031 like kind exchange. Well, there you go. So, but later on, you can change the ownership. So, I don't know what the rule is now, but when I had done it for another investor, it was he had to wait two years with his partner until they were able to separate out of the LLC, and he, the one partner took his equity and went and did something else with it. Yeah, we used um, not Madison Specs. Madison Specs has like a was it Madison Specs? Yeah, we used a company called Madison Specs to do our, our 1031. There's a bunch of them out there, and it's like super inexpensive. So like they know all the rules. So like you tell them what you're trying to do, they'll, they'll let you know what you can and you can't do. So I say talk to a good 10, 1031 intermediary to help you out with that. All right, let's go to the next question here. Hey guys, it looks like my clicker broken? my clicker died on me. I don't know if there's a way for us to get to the next uh, next question here. There we go. All right. So this one says, hi, in the midst of doing our first refi on our rental, they're asking for a letter of explanation for the cash out. What do you guys put in your explanations? How receptive are they when you tell them that you're burying? Um, so I've actually never had to do this. Every time I've done a, a refi, um, the banks already knew like at the beginning that I was doing a cash out refi to, to burr it. So I've never actually had to write an explanation of, have you had that experience yet? Yeah, I have them ask, not actually like write an explanation for it, but just be honest. I mean, I, I think they want to know you're not taking the money to go and gamble in Vegas, things like that. Um, but if you're going to take the money to go buy another property, that's a great thing. Um, the bank is going to see that you're going to buy something to add more rental income to you. Um, that's way better than taking that money and going and spending on buying yourself all new furniture. So, um, yeah, I don't think that it, I've never had a bank. I've never heard of anyone being turned down from a bank by them explaining what exactly they were using the funds for. Yeah. And talk to your loan officer too, right? Like they're going to be able to help, help you navigate that whole underwriting process. So yeah, but being honest is probably the, the best route to go. Yeah. All right. Was that all the questions? We yeah, we only have 15 minutes. We, we got cut down because Tarl <laughs> talked too much when he was up here. So we all had to cut yeah. it short. So thank you guys so much for joining us for our rookie reply. And don't forget to DM Bigger Pockets Mentor. And thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. And as we're walking off the stage, it's a long walk back. So if everybody could get out their phone and subscribe to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast and please leave us an honest rating and review. We would appreciate it because we're trying to beat James Daynard and all the reviews you guys gave out to him this week. Every single one says, James is the best. James is awesome. We love James. So Yeah, we, we need some, some uh, encouraging words from me and Ashley. I don't know if you guys have like listened to the podcast. We've got some pretty funny reviews. Like People always make fun of Ashley's laugh and people talk about how like boring I sound on the microphone. So we just need some more love in the, in the review if you guys can help us out. All right. Cool. Thank, well, thank you, guys you guys so much. We appreciate you guys. Well, thank you, Tony and Ashley, for that. We appreciate it. Uh, the next podcast we have up is we're doing a combination with the Money Podcast and the Invest Her Podcast. So please give a warm welcome to Mindy, to my great friend Liz, who I always have fun with, and to Andressa.
like a rock star. That I was know. great music. Totally. So we have we handed these out to a couple of people as we walked up. These are our <laughs> save or spend. Save or splurge on your on your items. So first up, the contractor. Liz, Andressa, do you save money on a contractor or do you spend money on a contractor? Most definitely. I've my three. That means it's very powerful. Spend, spend, spend. Let me tell you about the time that I saved money on a contractor. It was a horrible experience. Uh, I actually can't tell you this story because it gives me heart palpitations when I think about it. Um, Liz, have you ever saved money on a contractor? Many times. <laughs> what, what is that saying? If you think it's expensive to hire a professional, try hiring a, an amateur? When we started um, investing, I remember we had three bids, because they tell you to get three bids. How many people get three bids? And then we took the cheapest one, because that made sense, because that's how you know, some of my money story came from. But in time, you learn, you get what you pay for. Keep getting the three bids, but don't take the cheapest bid. They yeah. usually take the longest, and you spend more in the end. Yeah, that's my experience. <laughs> and, and, and just a quick tip. If you are getting three bids and they are completely different from each other, 50,000, 100,000, you need to go back to your um, scope of work and your finishes because that's, that's where it is. They are confused about what do you mean, what needs to be done, and what type of finishes you are referring to. So those two, those two documents can help you to have more accurate um, estimate. Okay, the next item up, a mm. brand new car. Sorry, we're not giving this away. Uh, Liz, Andressa, do you save or do you spend on a brand new car? I'm gonna go with save. save. I'm gonna say save too. If you listen one to save. the Bigger Pockets Money podcast, you will hear the number one biggest money mistake that our guests make over and over again is the brand new car. I bought a car when I didn't when I couldn't afford it. I bought a car because I deserved it. If you can't afford it, you don't deserve it. <laughs> Simple. Ah, the home inspection. For new investors or for experienced investors? Do we need a caveat or does it matter? You know what, that's a really good point. Just saying. I'll do one. But I'll go with spend. I'll go with one so, spend, not three. Doesn't warrant that. I'm gonna go with spend. I'm gonna say I have a rule of thumb for home inspections. Oh. It goes a little, little, little like this. Always, 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 always get a home inspection. If you are asking if you need a home inspection, you need a home inspection. If you think you don't need a home inspection, you need a home inspection. Brian Burke doesn't need a home inspection. If you're not Brian Burke, you need a home inspection. He probably gets a home inspection. And, it's, and I think we often think we need to know everything on these, on these deals and these projects. But use experts. That's why they do what they do. And I think often, especially for a lot of the women that we talk to and we engage with, we, we think we need to know everything versus just leaning on those experts. That's just one of many experts. And so they're worth their weight in gold. That's a really great point. You don't have to know everything. You just have to know somebody who knows the thing that you don't. <laughs> hmm. Mm. Do you spend money on a CRM? What's a CRM? Mm. This is a new investor. This, this is an existing uh, yeah. investor. What stage are we in our oh, business? Like in the middle. Yeah. yeah. It's a customer so relationship one. management. So 
If you don't know what that is, forget about it. Don't, I'm going to do even this. I'm going to contradict talk about myself. It. I'm going to do this. But if you have a ton of leads and Sorry. you need to uh, manage that, you have a lot of uh, sellers in your database, then you can start justifying the investment in a CRM. Other than that, you don't need the fancy computer, the fancy CRM. They are expensive, but if you have the leads that justify the investment, go forward. But if you're starting out, I don't think so. I love that. Yeah, if you have zero properties, you don't need a $10,000 CRM. Actually, I don't have a CRM because I don't have super deal flow right now, and I don't even know how much they cost. But yeah, if you're asking if you need a CRM, at the same time you're asking if you need a home inspection, yes, you need the inspection, no, you don't need the CRM. A good way to think of it, there's actually a great um, book out there called Turning Pro, and it talks about being like an amateur to like, um, like an, a pro, in a sense. So when you think about yourself, we used to raise, not used to, we do raise money um, from, from you know, private money, and what happens is like we had a spreadsheet, and there's all these people, and then you get to a point where you're like, you know what, we want to like turn pro, in a sense, we want to professionalize our business, right? We want to really grow. So that point, it made sense to invest in that specific type of like investor CRM. But until then, just get your business going. Start making act, taking action. I love that. That's what I got. Mm. Short-term rental furnishings. Oh, Who wants to cheap out on their short-term rental furnishings? I'm raising my hand because I cheaped out. Oh, I'd say spend on that. I'm going against Mandy. I'm going to go you write? Spend. spend. Spend, spend. I'm going to say save where you can. The bed is not where you save. You want to have a comfortable bed in your short-term rental furnishings, but does it matter what kind of dishes you get? Do you need super crystal dishes? No. I'm going to say save where you can and spend on what's really, really important. I like that. I would say spend depending on the market, right? If you are the type of uh, short-term rental you're offering. So you do, same thing with rehab. You don't over rehab. Same thing with short-term rental. You just want to copy what's working in that area and add a little bit more. Don't go overboard with that. But you need to have, if you are in a luxury area, you have to spend and beyond the area, I'd say, who are you serving? You know, are you serving a family? Are you serving a luxury environment? You know, a luxury type of, you know, short-term rental? Know your market, not just your market, but know your customer. Yeah. Excellent points. Self-care. Big save. I mean, so, oh, geez. <laughs> I meant spend. Just keeping you on your toes. We're almost at the end here. Big spend. <laughs> Spend. Yeah. Spend on self-care that matters, that matters to you. Yeah. One of the things when Andressa and I started our podcast, obviously the core of it is real estate investing. But for, for women in, in the community, right, we, we're becoming financially free. We're doing this for our families. We're doing everything. And who does not get taken care of? Ourselves. So one of the pillars of our community and for our podcast is we actually have women on our podcast where we interview them about different ideas around self-care. And self-care is not just our nails. It is. And it's other things. So what, what does self-care look like to you? And is everyone really clear in this room, men and women, what does self-care look like to you? And how often do you do it? And do you put it on your calendar? That's really important. And if you don't know what self-care looks like to you, make sure you do. Because as you grow, you're going to need it even more. Ooh. Here we go. Okay. Advice. Depends. Depends on whose advice, but. Depends uh, who's coming I'm from. Go with spend. Save on advice from people who don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And spend. <laughs> the worst this. thing you could do, right, is ask someone who's never bought a rental property how to buy a rental property. But we do it all the time. 
right? That's why this community is so powerful and the people that you just met is so powerful because those are the people you want to start asking. What are you doing? How are you doing it? Versus Aunt Sally, who's never bought a property. I was going right? to mention Aunt Sally. Aunt Sally. That's what no, I but, use when I don't know who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but every time that we get asked this question, should I have a mentor or not? I spent $30,000 on my first mentorship. Liz did not spend 30000 but she paid 30000 in a house that they put a roof and had to tear it down. You need to tell them that? Thank you so much. <laughs> is this getting recorded? Matt, you still love me? Where is he? Just throw him in the bus. But it, it, really, it really depends, right? And I believe that we need several mentors. One mentor will not take you from A to Z. A mentor will take you one to uh, A to B, and then another one, B to D. And then you go along, but you, you, you choose. You pay for your mistakes, so you pay for your mentorship. Your choice. Yeah, and we just actually recorded an episode on should I get a mentor, 307. So, and it's a mini-sode. Quick little advice. Hmm. Gifts for tenants. I think this is a very interesting one because I think a lot of landlords skip the gifts for tenants. I'll go with one spend. When you mm-hmm. appreciate your tenant, your tenant is going to appreciate you so much more than the, the amount that you spent on them because their last 17 landlords didn't give a frog's fat butt about them and never gave them anything. Never gave them a thing. So that $10 gift card or $10 gift card to Starbucks or $25 to Target that costs you basically nothing, they are going to remember you forever. Yeah, absolutely. And try to do it when not everyone else is thinking they're going to get something. Like, don't give them a Thanksgiving gift because everyone else gets a Thanksgiving gift. Do it when they welcome. We used to do welcome baskets. And we used to give every single tenant a welcome basket. And it's just really like a sweet touch. Now, as you scale and you grow, that's when it gets a little complicated. And you have to think about how you save your time and money. But it's important. They remember that. I'm going to let our audience members that we gave, gave notes to, if you have one of these... Hold it up. Spend or save on a real estate agent. Yeah. Can't see. What are you spend. Spend, 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 spend. Why are we spending on real estate agents? I'm definitely going to spend on real Andressa? No doubt about it. Um, I, I have my license, but I, I hire agents that are specialized in the areas that I'm going to. Liz and I usually have interviews with three agents at the same time. And we are looking for the person that is an expert in that area that can see the vision. I'm not in it. I don't want to save there. I want that agent to remember me when, when they, they get the next deal on their day about. Yeah. I'm a real estate agent in Colorado, but I only know my town. I am not an expert in all of it. So when I buy in another part of my state, I'm hiring somebody else to represent me. I could represent myself, but I don't know the area, I don't know the market, and I don't know how to interact with the agents in that area. Uh, Some of the people in Colorado and some of those uh, resort areas don't take too kindly to outside agents making offers in their market, um, which is fine. I'm not an expert in that market. I want somebody who is. I want somebody to represent me. It's a small price to pay to get a really great deal. Yeah, and I would add to what I'm just saying, one of the things that we did when we were, uh, one of the three agents we were interviewing, they actually all knew the market really well. They knew the area very well. But what actually differentiated one of the agents was that she really knew new construction better than the other two people. And that really makes a difference. So not only market, but make sure that they have an expertise in that asset class and size of asset class. 
So if they like, they do multifamily and they've never touched a larger multifamily, not gonna be a good fit. In, in that case, she saw the vision and her, we were selling three uh, new construction properties. Each property, she quoted 100 grand more than the other person. And she got it. She got it. We pre-sold all those three. So you need to tell them, what did they see? Don't tell them what you want from the houses. Tell them, what do you think I'm going to get it? That's exactly what we did with them. So she, she saw the vision, and she got it. Mm -hmm. Shameless plug, if you need a real estate agent in an area that is in America, Bigger Pockets <laughs> has investor-friendly agents. You go to biggerpockets.com agents, and we will find you an agent that can help you in your investing, an expert in their area that will get you what you need. They will see, they will tell you what they see. Liz and Andressa are from the Invest Her podcast. Tell us more about your show. Sure. So we, our show is released twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. For those who are really busy and have like 10, 11, sometimes if I'm speaking, 13 minutes, um, we do mini shows on Tuesdays, and those are released. On Fridays, we release an episode, and we focus on three pillars. So it's real estate investing self-care and business strategies, because the last thing we want you to do is to run your, your, your portfolio and the work you're doing as a hobby. We want you to do, work it as a business so you could be freed up and live a life on your own terms. And we interview just women. When we started, we were told we'd run out of women to interview. And we said, okay, we'll take that chance on. And we did, and we have over 300 episodes of just women. Yeah, and those are all women under the radar. <laughs> Clap it up for the women. So this is... Just to be clear, this is not a podcast that you're going to hear blah, 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 inspiration. We get down to business. We get down to the tactics. I want to know what did they do to be successful. And I encourage you, all the allies that are here, all the women, I encourage you to subscribe. It's free, free content. And reviews. And reviews, yeah. And my name is Mindy Jensen. I am the host of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast with Scott Trench, who's not here because he felt like having a baby was more important. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and you can subscribe to both of our podcasts and all of the podcasts that Bigger Pockets produces wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, thank you. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you. All right, for our next podcast, we have a podcast that was voted the most influential investing podcast in the entire world by the New York Times, yeah. the Wall Street Journal, yep. uh, Fortune, yep. five, yep. all of them, yeah. all, Every, everyone. All the magazines. Yes, everyone, yeah. uh, yep. and that's on the market. So please welcome, <laughs> and please welcome Kathy Fecky, Jamil Damji, and James Daynard up to the stage. So for this segment of On the Market, if you listen to our show, we do a lot of debate, we do a lot of panel, uh, roundtable discussion, and what we're going to do today is a Shark Tank style show. So we have two audience members who are going to come up and pitch us two deals. We're going to ask them a lot of questions, and we are going to decide whether we would invest in any of those deals. So can we have our audience members please come up? Yeah. Yeah. Give it up for these guys. 
Dawn and Janelle. You guys nervous? <laughs> Don't be nervous. It's just your careers on the line here. That's all. <laughs> actual hot seat or stand. I'm just playing. All right. What do you got? All right, so my deal is off-market, actually. Um, got it from another wholesaler. It is in North Hills, California, so close to you. It is a three-bedroom, two-bath, about 1,300 square feet, almost 1,400. Um, I think it's a full gut, so it's going to be about 100K in rehab with your numbers and your calculations with that. Um, purchase price is 615, and ARV is 885. 615 and 885. All right, uh, may mm -hmm. I ask, the yeah. 885... Sure. When was that comp sold? The closest comp sold and remodeled and all that was actually in August. But it sold for, I believe it was 950, listed for 900. So I took a little bit of a, a little bit more conservative on so that. So you, you baked in a correction? I did. Nice. What kind of upgrade? Here. Here. What kind of upgrades were in the comparable? Like, it was completely remodeled. So everything, kitchen, bath, floor, paint, um, same, same year built, 1956. So the, basically the same house. And what radius was it in? Was it? Yeah, like it was within distance? a half mile. So it's literally like three blocks away from this house. Okay, and is it the single comparable or do you have multiple comparables? I have multiple. Mm -hmm. okay. Closed, pendings on the market right now, there aren't many, and especially in this little neighborhood, there just isn't a lot that's been sold there. A lot of people live there for a really long time, so, and a lot of the homes that do sell are in original condition. So, not a lot of newly remodeled homes. You said 880 was the ARV that you had? 885. 885? Yeah. Okay. 885 is ARV, and you're buying it for? 615. 615. So, I did some back of the napkin math. Okay. And uh, it looks like you're gonna have roughly $60,000 in closing costs. You've got, and that's if you sell at top dollar. Okay. You got $100,000 in remodel. I am the agent, or I would be the agent on the deal, so. On the sale? Yeah, on the sale. Okay. So three I, and a I half think, percent is what I was estimating for commissions. Okay, how much? Three and a half. That's, I would actually go to four, given today's markets. If you, okay. can, if you can incentivize your buyer's agent with an extra point, mm -hmm. you're, they're higher, there's a higher likelihood they're gonna show your house. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, save there. But I see that you've got somewhere around the lines of about $100,000 in potential profit mm -hmm. if you were to do this deal. Let me ask, sure. what happens if you have to hold this thing for six months? Because I haven't, I haven't even touched holding costs yet. Right, so I was budgeting an eight-month hold because days on market are about 38 right now. So I'm expecting about a four-month rehab process and then to put it on the market for another month and a half um, I did budget about a 45-day on market and then go into escrow, 30-day close. So I'm budgeting around an eight-month hold time. How many homes are on the market? Right, right now, now 17. 17. Mm-hmm. Okay. And most of them are not remodeled. Oh, how many are renovated? Um, I would say about like five, but they're very, very overpriced as well. What's most the of them are around a million. Around mm. a million. And mm -hmm. how long have they been on the market? 30 plus. So you're saying your ARV estimate is conservative. Very yes, conservative. Could very. be much higher. Yeah, my 
you, there is a two-car garage in the back, detached, so you can put an ADU back there as well. Um, the comp that sold with an ADU, I believe, is 965, and that was about two months ago as well. So I think if you put an ADU back there, you can sell it for 950. What would the house rent for? The main property would rent for about 5,500, and if you were to do like a one bed, one bath in the back, it would rent for two. So seven total, 75. Seven with an ADU. What do you estimate the holding cost to be? Um, I just talked to Aloha Capital, actually, and <laughs> our hard money cost would be about nine and a half percent with one and a half points. So um, on our calculations, our MAO was about um, six, I think it was 620, so we were right in there. So what do you guys think? <laughs> do we want to go down the road? Yeah, we'll just, uh, um, give us a moment to confer here. Okay, sure. sure. <laughs> and we're a husband and wife team, so that's why we're doing this together. And we're back. Good. What do you got? So, we had a chance to uh, butt heads here, and mm -hmm. there's a few things that are hanging off, you know, coming out at us right, right off the hop. Okay. Cash on cash here seems low. And I understand that for California, that's just what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a thing. It's a thing for uh, these markets. And especially given the circumstances that we're, we're looking at right now with interest rates where they are, I would be really nervous that you don't have enough of a spread here for this to be something that you will come out doing very, it's like for the risk that you're going to be taking on this property, my gut would say I would wholesale this all day. I would, I would try to make a $10,000 or a $15,000 fee. I'd leave enough meat on the bone for an investor to come in and, and you know, go vertical on the deal. But as, as, a, as an investor for myself, if I was going to be putting up the capital to do this deal, I would, I would have to actually pass. Okay. For, for, what was your spread? Because mine was 85. That's exactly what I had. That's exactly okay. what we had cool. here. About eighty-five thousand, and I'm not saying that eighty-five thousand isn't a bad right. isn't a bad uh, spread, but you can get you can make eighty-five thousand dollars on uh, oh, you know a lot less money out, right? You can you can probably flip two houses where Henry is, mm -hmm. and make that and probably, be probably and five. Probably five. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we should talk. Here's here's the thing about it, right? Is that. Uh, He's talking about, or he would have, he would be in deals that are at the median price point, right? Much easier for people to get into. For what we're talking about as an investment here, I think that the strategy I would I would use would be wholesale all day. I, I agree. I agree with Jamil. If you could turn this over quickly um, and make a small profit and move on to the next one, I think that's a great strategy for me personally as an investor. 85k in a profit, maybe even a little more. I don't know that that's worth the time and the risk for me to take on such a large project, right? So for me, it's time value of money. I don't mind, I, I want a good profit, but I know I can get the same profit with a lot less work if I continue to work my deal flow. So for that reason. You're oh, honest. wow. <laughs> wow. All right. So. We should. We have one more deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We, we All right, Janelle, you did fantastic. Janelle, you did fantastic. Guys, job. give it up for so Janelle. Give a round of applause. Thank she so knew much. her numbers and inside yes. out, forwards and backwards. I've never seen whole. This is how you present like a deal. This is how you present a deal, guys. That was Take that notes. Was Take notes on that. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well done. It, it could work out as a burr, though. It could maybe. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, Don. Make sure the rental market's hot. All right.
There we go. This is not going to go as well as that. <laughs> um, no, I have a three-bed, two-bath in Oakview, California, very close to Ojai Ventura. Um, uh, it, this one is actually on the market, um, listed in the high fives. I can get it confirmed it, at 500. Um, ARV is going to be about 760 on this okay. one. Comp uh, closed in July. Um, that one, I think, went 5K lower, actually, than the list price at 760. So I would use that. And then it needs about 90 to 100 in rehab as well. Um, but it's an eclectic area. I wouldn't have to do as much. It's a lot of, like, the roof's messed up, electrical, plumbing. It's a lot of CapEx items. But it does have an existing structure in the back that can be turned into an ADU. So if someone wants to do that, I wouldn't because then I would be holding it for, like, a Is year. Is that structure permitted? Uh, yeah. Um, and then but you can't just leave that, that ADU as is because that would look... I would maybe just clean it up and say, hey, because it's an existing structure, big enough lot size, so someone could buy it and then house hack it into... And, um, and what did you estimate the total repairs at? 100. Got it. Just to be safe. Can you define eclectic area? Uh, yes. <laughs> it, it is... How do you say out in the sticks nicely? Rural. Rural. Thank you. That's how we in Arkansas. It's, um, it, it's a very specific, or not specific buyer, but people love that area to get away from the city. Um, is, there, is the lot larger? Is, it, is there more space than just a normal house lot? Is it an acre, half acre? Uh, not like acre? that. It's like... Or is it in a subdivision? Uh, it's in a subdivision, okay. about 6,500 uh, square yeah. feet. Great location in town, though, and a lot of people want to live in this neighborhood. It's, for somebody to renovate this house, they have to know the area or else they're going to renovate it the wrong way. People okay. don't want like a full, beautiful renovation like you would see in the city. They're going to want to keep that cabiny, rustic feel to it. How many months do you expect to hold this? Uh, because if it's being out in the sticks, as you say, uh, it's going to take a minute to sell. Yeah. Six months. And the days on market there, though, the average is about 31. Oh. So it, it's quick. Not a lot of stuff goes on sale there, but there is, there is renovated comps. The 755 was renovated. People who buy there stay there. They don't really sell. So people, if there's a house that comes on the market, people are going to want it. And did, do you know what it would rent for? Did you say? We looked at 4500 and, and that's not including that's not including the second unit. Uh, not including the second unit. Okay. You could rent that one out for probably eighteen hundred. And uh, do you know the rental demand out there? Uh, because but when both areas, I'm I'm familiar with both areas, and and the, there's not a lot of rentals. There's a lot of demand for it. Yeah, so. yeah I think fifty percent of the uh, the population there rents. I mean, in both cases, if you can put that second unit on, that could that could work for a burr, I would think. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, team huddle. How many days on market has it been listed for? It's your, it's your what? Happy anniversary! Yay! Okay, we'll buy the deal. Yeah. <laughs> how, how long has the house been on the market? Uh, seven days. Okay. I got okay. it. I walked okay. it on Friday. Do you know if it has any offers? It, no. Like five? You don't know? Or oh, no. It, no any? offers. Oh, yeah, it's priced yeah. way too high. Have you offered less? That, yeah. Based on what yeah. they told you, or did you make that, it That's what they said. <laughs> ah, nah. That's, to, that's today's price. Yeah. We told them 480, and they said the lowest they'd go is 500, and they would accept it that. Tomorrow's price is not today's price. Yep. No. Absolutely. So, so that was three days ago. Yep. So I'm going to go on this. 
As really? a flip, hard no as a flip. There's no margin, to be honest. I would hit them lower or wrap it up at 500 or beat them back. But if you put 100 in and put 90 as the ADU, and then you left 100 grand in the deal, you would actually cash flow about $2,300 a month, okay. which is going to be roughly about 25%, 25% cash on cash annually, roughly. Or minus expenses, you're probably going to be more like around 12 to 13% cash on cash. Uh, oh, qu quick question, can you condo off the Dadu? Like in Seattle, we can condo them off and sell them separate. Um, no, but we could add a junior ADU as well. So a little studio plus the one oh, bed wow. and then the three two. Oh, see? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, that would pencil out. And that's because your, your payment with a loan balance of 650 at 8%, which you can still cash flow with 8% rates, uh, is 4800 plus property taxes, everything else, you're probably going to be around 5800 bucks. And then we're calculating that you're going to bring in 60, the daddy about 2500 is that right? Yeah. So, well, if you get it for 450, I'll buy it right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. This, the, guys, this is the strategy. Okay, they've been on the market seven days, which means that they have no flipping idea what's happening. Right. Right. The fact that these guys are willing to take 500, that means they have motivation right now. What was the list price? 585. They they have motivation. They understand that they're walking into a turning market. You have a guaranteed buyer at 450 right now. Give it 30 days, go lock that thing up for $430,000 and sell it to this man for 450. Boom. All right. I'll sell it to you for 445 for a ride on your yacht. What was, what was the five grand kicker? I'll sell it to you for 445 and a ride on your yacht. 5K discount. Done. <laughs> wow. Guys, give it up for Don and Janelle. Didn't they do amazing. a great job? That was amazing. Incredible, thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, well. Thank you all for being up here. James, you've proven that you can find cash flow in California, so thank you for that. Um, give it up for the On The Market cast, please. Jamil, James, group hug, group hug. Group hug. guys. All right, and if you write a review, please don't mention James. His ego's already big enough. Uh, all right, for our last podcast, the one you have all been waiting for, the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Show. So please welcome David Green, Brandon Turner, and Rob Abasolo up to the stage. All right, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for coming. All right, so today we're going to be talking about real estate investing, and this hurts a lot. <laughs> All right. I can only keep that up for a couple more seconds. No, oh, what's going on? I'm, what am I sitting on? Oh, oh, yeah, cue cards. All right. Thank you for coming to the podcast. Before we get started, <laughs> what's it like seeing Brandon in shoes? Oh, look at these. That's right. I, true story, somebody asked me the other day, they said, why are you wearing shoes? I've never seen you in shoes, right? I, yeah, right there. I only ever wear sandals. And I made up some lie about like, oh, you know, like uh, they don't look good with jeans or something. And then I was like, let's be honest. Pace Morby wears nice white shoes and I wanted to look as good as Pace Morby, right? So that's why I'm wearing shoes is to compete with looks on Pace Morby. So true story. Okay, I got another thing before we get started. I just want to stand up really fast, and I just, I'm kind of curious to know, like, what people thought of our heights. Like, what, what do people think? Because when I met 
Brandon. He was oh, really tall. When I met tall. David, he was also very tall. Look at this. David always talks about how Brandon was, and then I met David, and I was like, bro, you're like 6'3". He is a big, tall guy. Does but nobody knows David's tall, right? Because we always talk about me being tall. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, how many of you have no idea other, before this week who I was? You can be honest. Okay, a few people. That's good. Uh, so for those, for that person, uh, I was on the podcast... Uh, for nine years, uh, and then uh, there was a hostile takeover, and Rob poisoned my cereal and uh, took me out. No, I, I left back in December to uh, be with my family, to travel for the year, and that's what I've been doing. I uh, went to all around the country, went to Europe, uh, went to Idaho, bought a property there. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, it's been a really relaxing kind of sabbatical year uh, where I've you know, bought $350 million worth of real estate. So it was a good year. But like, you, you don't want to come back though, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you pay me enough, maybe I'll come back <laughs> on an episode or two. Uh, so before we get jumped into this though, I've been traveling, like I said, an awful lot. And so I have not had a chance to listen to most of the episodes of the podcast since you guys have been on. So I, wa I, I wanted to see kind of what's been going on in the show. So I heard we have a clip that we can play of, uh, of, I guess, just a good summary of what's been going on on the podcast. So can we, can we cue that? Can we, right, can we play the video? Oh, boy. <laughs> we, how you say, how you say, how you say, how you say, Tim? Timothy. Timothy? Timothy Street, Timothy Way, or Timothy Road. Yes. Or yes. Timothy Alon. <laughs> you didn't respond back. You always ask me questions, and then I respond to the questions, and you never say, hey, thanks, pal. That was amazing insight. I wait till we're on a podcast with 300,000 downloads, and then I tell you how great you are. This is, this is how we're introing Bigger Pockets today. Rob, did you already record the other intro that Eric was saying he needed, so I'm good on this one? Yeah. Okay, here we go. This is the Bigger Pockets podcast show. Do it with me, Rob. Okay. 660. Oh. Three. Four, three. Oh, you said <laughs> you're four so, last time. Do the, let's oh, do the hand thing. <laughs> okay, got it, got it, got it. Carry on. We'll, we'll do it again, right? Get the hands with me. This is a, a, a peek behind the curtains for everyone listening at home, by the way. All right, take two. And this is the Bigger Pockets Podcast. Show 663. Thank you very much. Now, if you have been... Sorry, editor, take that part out. And for those, uh, no, this is my, I brought my camera, I brought my mic, this was my old YouTube, oh, f I just realized I didn't fluff those pillows. Control is a tricky thing. <coughs> like, you can't control your cough right now, like that. That's exactly that's right. Orin, the whiz kid, the whiz kid cloth, 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 I should learn his name. Uh, Orin, the whiz, shoot, Orin, the whiz kid, no, I got this, editor, Orin, the whiz kid and that is today's quick, quick, quick. Oh, shoot. Hold on. I already messed it up. Let's try it again. And that is today's retroactive quick, 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 quick tip. Usually I like chop the pillows and I'm like, ah, we're good to go. Yeah, I'm going to do that real fast for the intro. Oh, I wish we could include this. This is so funny. <laughs> no. So authentic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My wife okay. taught me well. You, one must fluff the pillows. Thank you. Thank you. We're yeah. We're running it through the focus groups a little later today, so we'll see if we're gonna keep it. I did not consent to that. <laughs> you gotta chop your pillows. It's just 
Short-term rental secrets right there, all oh. right? You got to oh. chop the pillow. You got you to chop the pillow. What's that? A throw pillow is like 30 bucks. You got to chop it. <laughs> Here's the question. What the hell did you do to my podcast? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're still workshopping it, all right? Okay. You're figuring out. All right, well, we don't have a ton of time. I know you guys are excited for dinner and hanging out outside and doing all the fun stuff. But we got some questions submitted from y'all about the podcast, about the background, the, the, how the podcast runs, about your idiosyncrasies and David's jujitsu. So we're going to go through a few of these right now. Uh, let's see. Mm. Oh, this is a good one. We're going to give you guys a little behind the scenes of how, how we choose guests. Who decides of you two? Who brings on more guests? Who decides what guest is coming on? Or is it neither of you have any say at all? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Is it? I, if it's like, if, we, if I have, we, what? Uh, if I have like a friend who's like killing it in real estate, we can submit them. But ultimately, our producer, Eric Connection, back in the back there, he, he decides. He is the gatekeeper for all of Bigger Pockets. But usually, if they have a cool story, we get them through. Mm. So, next question is of the last few guests you've had on, who do you hate the most? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. You guys want to hear a crazy story? I don't, I don't think I've ever told this publicly. Should I tell the story about do you Josh? Please do. The story of who? About me, what me and Josh did accidentally. I don't even know. Okay. Don't repeat this. Are we all swear swear secrecy? All right. Uh, There was a time, this is years ago. Eric's going to kill me for telling this story. Years ago, before Eric was even here, where we recorded an episode. uh, And it was like, it was not great. Uh, I don't think we ended up using it. We used almost every episode, but we didn't use this one. It was really bad. At the end of the interview, we go, oh, that was terrible. That was, and Josh goes, oh, that was so bad. That was really terrible, awful. And I was like, well, I mean, we could, we could probably use it. And he's like, no, it was terrible, really bad. And I was like, all right, it's, it, you know, we'll, we'll cut it, we'll cut it. And then the editor accidentally took that clip and put that on the beginning, in the intro of the next episode that like, we aired. I don't know how it happened. So I wake up to about 400 text messages saying, take down that interview, take it down. Because it sounded like we were telling everybody that the, uh, the guest that was coming on was just absolutely horrible. So anyway, uh, lesson learned, always hit end record before you trash talk your guest. There we go. Uh, have you guys ever had anything similar happen? Ever walk into a bathroom with a hot mic, anything fun like that? No, I did. I've, this is very embarrassing, by the way. But, like, I don't remember. It was somebody. We were interviewing someone about two months ago, and I feel like they were in the middle of a really deep, profound moment. And I did drink a lot of seltzer water before, some Topo Chico. And Dangerous. I was, <laughs> Dangerous. And I really, I did a good job. And honestly, most of the time, like, I could probably text David and be like, hey, I got I to gotta use the restroom, but cover me. And I didn't think to do that. And I was like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please hold that very deep, profound thought. I have to pee. And then <laughs> <laughs> David and Eric were like, why did you text us that? You didn't have to interrupt your story. So uh, that's only happened one time, though. All right. There's a story that Brandon and I have that's even better than that one, which I'm sure Brandon's going to love that I'm telling you guys. Uh-oh. If you want to go listen to the Jim Quick interview that we did in Hawaii. Do you know Jim Quick? Anybody know Jim Quick? All right, author, best New York Times bestselling author of like a million, hundred million books sold. What's his topic he teaches? Big deal. It's like brain stuff, right? How to remember things. Yeah, how to yeah how to remember things. How to remember things. Uh, 
Clearly, really it didn't bad. work. So, <laughs> I this was okay. This was the, this was God spanking me. Uh, I said to Jim, "We're really good at systems at Bigger Pockets, All right?" I'm like, "We're really good. We have so we have systems inside systems for the podcast. We're really good." And he's like, "Yeah, you guys are great." I'm like, "Yeah, no, like." My biggest fear is that I forget to hit the record button. So we have backups. The words I used were we have backups of backups of backups. Then we recorded it for an hour. And then I realized I didn't turn on the backup or the backup or the backup. So we had to stop after an hour. No, before we stopped. (laughs) Brandon, we're in the sea shed in Maui, okay? We've already been like, yeah, Jim, we got this thing together, like... We don't even start recording until there's a... I was so arrogant. I was so arrogant. Which was perfect, because this is the memory guy. And this is the memory guy. And Brandon's face completely changes in the middle of recording, and I'm like, okay, something's wrong. He got a text that, like, one of his kids heard or something, right? He points at the screen at what should be a timer counting down, and it has goose eggs, right? And then I realize it, too, and so Jim's in the middle of a profound thought, and he and I are like, what... Do we tell him? Do we just pretend like we recorded it and never air it because we don't want to tell Jim Quick that we We forgot? legit had that conversation over like writing We're, down pieces of paper. Yes. Yeah. You, you should have just like turned off your computer without saying, be like, oh my God, my computer <laughs> broke. Yeah, I died, crashed. That's a good idea. It so, didn't save any of it. Weird. This happened to me a year ago. I was on a podcast. <laughs> I think I was like, here's the invite. I was like, great. I show up. And then he was like, all right, man, if you could send me the recording. And I was like, this is your podcast. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yes, he wanted me to record it for him. Oh. Uh, so we had to do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. So long story short, we had to tell Jim Quick we actually forgot to hit the button yeah. after swearing that we had backups yeah. to backups. And he wasn't, I mean, he was professional and gracious in the sense he kept recording, but you could tell he was like, you buffoons. <laughs> like, what kind of operation? I was told this was a big podcast yeah. and like... Ooh. It was pretty embarrassing, I would say. Yeah, that was a terrible day. Anyway. So Rob and I haven't done that. Not yet. Yeah, okay. Not yeah, yet. Good. I hope. <laughs> I would love this story next year. Mm. All right. Next question. Dave Van Horn asks, is there a dream guest that each of you have that you have not yet been able to get on the podcast? First off, I love Dave Van Horn. Any Dave Van Horns in here? Fans? Dave Van, Dave Van Horn. Van Horn. Dave Van Hornigans, as they're called. <laughs> yeah, Dave's awesome. Uh, that's, I made that up. That's why Brandon's laughing. That's really good. That's, real that's good. I've always wanted to interview Vanilla Ice. I know he flips houses. Dun, 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 I'd be into that. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I did, we did pitch an idea a couple of uh, weeks ago of getting Elon Musk on the podcast to basically ask him how real estate would work on Mars and who would like, own it and how investing would work. So maybe if everybody today tweets Elon Musk, maybe he'll see it. He might. He's been doing podcasts lately. Yeah? Yeah, I've seen him on like four. So. Do you know a guy? Are you six degrees I, of separation from Elon Musk? Ooh, I, am, I, I do know a guy. Really? I do know, I'm one degree separation from Elon Musk. No, you're oh, not. Yeah, For real? Okay, I'll, I'll talk to you after this. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Did we go we'll snorkeling get- with this guy? Your guy? We didn't. Did we go snorkeling with him? Is we this guy a drug it. dealer? The way no, like, no. this guy. Uh, no. Hey, uh, this I'm guy. I'm not going to call. I, I can't say. All right. Uh, all right. Next question. <laughs> Ooh, let's see. Oh, uh, these are very tactical questions, but I like this. When you say, "Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Podcast Show," 
whatever number, do you record that part before every episode, after every episode, or do you batch them and just do a whole bunch back to back? We have it batched up to episode one million. Oh. It took David weeks. <laughs> you see my beard slowly growing out with every single one. That's actually, the way we do that is uh, an homage to Josh Dorkin who was the original one who started the podcast, and he started with that style. So Brandon took it over, and now I'm kind of carrying the baton, doing the same thing. But we do those after we get done recording the episode. And if you let Rob do it, it takes about seven takes. If you let me do it... It must be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, How do you prep for a podcast? Do we, how do we prep? <laughs> okay, if you ask our producers, we get an email a week before with a bunch of questions for us to ponder, think through, That's right. re- respond back to. Have a journey, maybe do a walkabout. They crush it. They Workshop do really, really, it. really good. Yeah. Uh, if you ask one of us, we read the email before we're going to record. We ask the questions that we would have before we bring in the guest. <laughs> yeah. We let our producer pretend like he's not really pissed that he did all that work and we didn't look at hardly any of it. And then we let our professionalism take over on the interview. Yeah, usually I, we get, I log on to the Zoom, and then I'm like, so what are we talking about today? And then they're like, multifamily, you're flipping. And I'm like, all right, cool, let's do that. And then Eric's like, I sent seven emails, man. <laughs> Sometimes I think, though, some of the best interviews we ever did were, yeah, were fairly off the cuff uh, and topics that we weren't thinking about going towards. Like, I feel like there's a certain genuineness and uh, curiosity that makes the Bigger Pockets podcast good because we legit want to know these things. We're not interviewing them because we like interviewing people. We legit interview them because we really want to know the answer to their question, which I think has been helpful. So question I have for you guys is looking back on the last, you know, whatever, 500 and 600, 700, 800 shows, is there a guest or or an interview that we did that really stands out in your mind? I mean, obviously you've had fewer of them, but is there an interview in the last few years or a story maybe somebody told that stands out as like, yeah, that was a great conversation? I remember Brandon was so excited to interview Matthew McConaughey. Oh, oh I didn't sleep for I'm a so week before I'm so jealous that. of that, yeah, by the like way. He just did not stop home. talking about it every time <laughs> I saw him at all. It was, Matthew's, it was like Santa's coming to a five-year-old. That, I mean, it was so important to him that it stands out as the most influential one we ever did. I don't think I Did you guys listen to that one? It was good, right? Did you ask him anything about Interstellar? Nothing. (sighs) Missed opportunity. I want him back. I want him back on the show. All right. It's Rob's favorite movie for everyone here. It's incredibly slow and takes four hours to develop. Nope. Two and a half. It's two and a half, and it's perfect cinematography. It's very good. Watch it. Let's watch it tonight. All right. We got to wrap this thing up. Uh, Last question. David, do you have a favorite Brazilian jiu-jitsu move, and would you, de- would you demonstrate it I already hate this. on Rob? Oh, on me? Oh, God. Right here. All right. Don't hurt me. But Let's see it. Whatever you got to do. It, what you is know, the move? I just threw it on my back. This is not planned, by the way. It sounds like <laughs> they it's... They had I had no, no idea, idea this was coming. But I am a good sport, and I have to do it. <laughs> All right, he's going on his back. Here he goes. All right, this is getting uncomfortable. I will attempt to, but I, it's been a little, it's been a few months. All right, so David is going to mount. David is going to mount Rob. He is now going to do the Americana. All right, so what he's doing is he's got an arm and he's going to just 
rip out his shoulder from his shoulder blade and permanently damage. Tap the ground. There, tap. <laughs> and Rob is not going to tap because he's got an ego. And David's lifting the arm up as it tears out his shoulder blade. All right, round of applause for these two. And with that, we are just about out of here, but I'd like to bring up our fearless leaders. Come back up, guys. Well, one quick thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just one fast thing. Listen, if you guys are looking to be mentored by David and I, oh, there we, we have a bit of an opportunity. If you DM Bigger Pockets on Instagram, okay. you'll be sent to an application, and whether you're starting out in your investment journey or you've got 10 doors or you've got 50 and you're trying to go next level, we're going to help you do it. You got to DM what? Instagram, Bigger Pockets. Not Bigger Pockets 0001. It's not any of the robots. Just at Bigger Pockets. At bigger the Pockets. Word, DM them what? The word mentor. Mentor. And we'll send you an application, and then we will help you get to that next level. And right? if you want to be mentored by Brandon, just write a check for a million dollars to me personally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you've That's ever it. wanted to be mentored by us, rather than sending that email that says, will you be my mentor, which mm. somebody had a hilarious shirt on. They actually made a shirt that said, will you be my mentor? Because that's, that's like the one question we always get, right? <laughs> this is your shot to actually do it. So we want to bring you on. We want to ask you what your goals are. We want to give you homework to go do. And then we want to re-interview you throughout the year so that everyone can follow the progress that you're making. So if you don't want to just talk about it, you want to be about it, make sure you send that mentor. Yeah. All right. That's it. Okay, now we can. Now we can. The market is changing, and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom, and the best investors know it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and bam! Instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.